Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part five of our talk on AI and radiology, current status, and what you need to know. So this is the fifth part, and I'm going to cover a bunch of things. Hopefully this won't go too long, but here are some of the important things. One is, as I mentioned, things like radiomics work very well, but as this article by Moskowitz makes the point that a lot of the studies have not been reproducible Translation of these research studies into clinical practice can be hindered by biases introduced during the design, analysis, and reporting of the studies. And he goes through many of the different things that are uh, somewhat challenging. Although software packages to implement analysis are readily available and increasingly user-friendly, if they are not implemented with the necessary expertise or correct guidance, there is a high risk that incorrect conclusions will be drawn from the work. And this is one of the challenges that we are seeing. And he has this nice picture where you look at an iceberg, kind of like the Titanic, you see the promising results, but it's really everything that's beneath the surface that becomes very, very important. The model evaluation, the imaging data, prediction model, study design. If any of those things are off, you can get spectacularly good results. But then at the end of the day, that uh, those results aren't translatable and really are incorrect. Now, one of the other things people have commented, and this is very important, if you think about all the AI we do, whether it's pancreas, liver, chest, cardiac, it's looking at a single time point. So it is very good in the ER acute setting, like rule out a fracture, rule out a PE, rule out pneumoperitoneum, but none of them is actually looking at prior images. And we all know from our own practice that prior images are the greatest thing in imaging. If you see a small nodule and it's there 10 years ago, it's great. If you see a two centimeter mass and it's there 10 years ago, it's great. Also by looking at differences in time, one would think that machine learning can really pick up subtle findings because machine learning, AI is really good at picking up change over time. So we're not taking advantage of that. Most of AI-enabled applications focus on helping radiologists with detection, triage, and prioritization of tasks by using data from a single point. But clinical data or clinical practice often encompasses a dynamic where you need to look at longitudinal information. Current AI algorithms are not suited to tackle key interpretation tasks that require comparison to previous exams. So even with mammography, they're looking at a single exam. They're not looking at sequences. And this comment by Acosta, in summary, even though physicians routinely perform comparisons with prior exams while interpreting images in clinical practice, AI is not really able to do that. And that's going to be essential if you really want to impact workflow. Now, other things with AI, we always have to bring up legal with everything. But who's responsible for the accuracy of an AI system when, when it makes an error? What's the liability of the radiologist using AI? And what's the liability of the health system that purchased the AI product? Now, perhaps in this article by Stern makes the point in the New England Journal of Medicine that AI liability insurance would reduce the liability risk to developers, physicians, and hospitals. Insurance is for a tool for managing risk allowing the insurance policyholder to benefit from pooling risk with others. Well, what does that mean? We need to get a whole new set of insurance? Does the hospital need insurance? Does uh, Microsoft or NVIDIA or Google need to buy insurance? Is everybody in the food chain going to be sued? 
That is very, very important. Developers of healthcare AI products face the risk of product liability lawsuits when their products injure patients, whether injuries arise from defective manufacturing, defective design, or failure to warn users about mitigatable dangers. Now, that's really a problem. Such risks will reduce incentives to adopt AI tools. Now, again, AI liability insurance is great, but that assumes someone's going to create the insurance, and the insurance is not going to be so expensive that it's going to uh, make it impossible to use AI. And then, of course, the credentialing function of insurance will thus reinforce the patient-centered incentives of AI developers. Consequently, the insurance may alleviate healthcare providers' concerns, at least at a point at which they are willing to adopt the AI technology. So, you know, maybe if you have insurance and you're not worried about being sued, you'll go and buy it. However, you know, someone has to pay for insurance. It's not going to be something the hospitals or the companies or physicians are going to absorb. And if the insurance prices really create all sorts of raises in the charges of patients, will insurance pay those charges? Okay, that's all things which you're really not going to be sure. There's an article by Jonathan Meserich recently talking about AI. Is AI a pipe dream? And his point was legal liability for errors committed by AI will influence AI's ultimate role within radiology and whether AI remains a simple decision support tool or develops into an autonomous member of the healthcare team. So his point really is this the whole process of liability and insurance and who's responsible is not a trivial problem. When AI is being developed and as a research tool, that's all fine. But to put something in practice is a whole nother ballgame. Additional areas of uncertainty include the potential application of product liability law to AI and the approach taken by the US FDA in potentially classifying autonomous AI as a medical device. Advocates of AI in radiology and healthcare in general should lobby for legislative action to better clarify the liability risks of AI in a way that does not deter technological development. This is really the challenge. Even beyond these technical hurdles, formidable legal obstacles often are not given enough attention in the literature and threaten AI's impact on the specialty. So again, very good article to read because his point is, Perhaps AI and legal is manageable, but you need to really think about that. And people always are looking at their risk. A company like Siemens or GE or Philips understands their risk when they sell you a scanner. They understand their risk when they sell you 3D. They don't understand the risk if they support AI. Who's going to make the determination? The radiologist who makes the final determination bears a liability risk. Do you want to increase your risk from where it is now? This whole idea of standard of care, which is the degree of care that a reasonably prudent radiologist uses. The question is, is AI going to be the standard of care that you have to use it? Or perhaps it's not the standard of care. And perhaps by using it, someone will say, well, it was great you used it, but the, the error is yours. So these are the things you need to really look at. Ultimately, the facility hosting the AI likely will bear liability and malpractice principles but no longer be applicable or even defensible. The circumstance would essentially become a form of enterprise liability. And you know that your hospital system does not want more liability than it has. 
Again, uh, even going to court makes the point that, you know, jury tends to be sympathetic to uh, a person, um, particularly when they're injured. Imagine you're suing a computer. The computer doesn't get a whole lot of uh, uh, love. So it's really going to be a major, major issue. Again, this integration of radiologists and non-radiologists and AI is going to be a challenge, but it's these hurdles that are something we all need to look at very carefully because if AI is developed and it's developing quickly, we should try to solve these problems in parallel and not have AI where it seems to work well and then all of a sudden people say, what about liability? You'll see the liability issue will really come about when the first case goes to court. Again, um, an article by uh, Rajapur in Nature and Medicine, AI and Health and Medicine. The proliferation of AI also raises concerns around accountability, as is currently unclear whether developers, regulators, sellers, or healthcare providers should be held accountable if a model makes mistakes even after being thoroughly clinically validated. Okay, that is really concerning. If you buy something and it's supposed to work, what if it doesn't work on your case? Okay, public versus physician views of liability. Physicians are more likely than the public to believe that the vendors and the healthcare organizations should be liable for AI-related medical errors. Views of medical liability did not differ by clinical specialty. Among the general public, younger people are more likely to hold nearly all parties liable. So you're not going to get a free pass. It's not going to be that the Googles and the NVIDIAs and the Apples are making the error and they're responsible and you're an innocent victim. You will be part of the process. So legal is one thing. And then, of course, business is really what drives everything we do. Who's going to pay for the AI apps? Who will collect the revenue generated by AI if there is revenue? When will AI become the standard of care and not using it then becomes a liability? And is you or your group coming up with a game plan? You can ask the question, will we be reimbursed for using AI in practice? Remember, we've been through this with uh, cardiac CT and vertcolon. It's never that easy. And even if you get reimbursed, is the reimbursement satisfactory? This article by Trevetti, The Business of Radiology, has little to do with radiologists. Again, his point is that you need to look at the value proposition to justify purchase. The challenge is matching the return to the investor. When these two parties are mismatched, the cost justification for one group's investment from for another group's benefit rarely occurs. So his point is that if AI benefits the radiologist, if you can look at more exams, uh, so you generate more revenue, then perhaps you know AI will be likely for the group. But if AI is simply going to benefit recall rates and it's going to benefit the hospital or other departments, then it's less likely to be paid for by the radiology group. Again, who makes the money because of AI will often define who needs to pay for it. Driving additional outpatient referrals into the radiology department can increase revenue, so perhaps then it makes sense for radiology. Getting increased mammo referrals, getting increased follow-up lung nodules, and the like can all be valuable, but all of these things will have a major impact on who is willing to pay for things. Now, the other thing is just being practical. 
if AI is really good in the ER setting and you don't have radiologists working at night, deployment of AI models in these settings can increase confidence in discharging patients for negative exams and help quickly flag emergent findings that require immediate intervention. So if that's the case, it's going to be uh, people are going to invest in it and you'll probably get reimbursement. Now there are two codes already, one for vertebral fractures and one for scoring trabecular bone health on densitometry. So there is two models of things that are being reimbursed. But again, uh, this will be a one-by-one -one battle. And that's going to be challenging because what are you going to buy and how are you going to buy it? And again, um, depending on how the health system is, fee-for-service fee rather than uh, a, uh, a model where the uh, company that provides the service is also the insurance company, where there it's more likely to be a win-win when you have a single-payer system, um, which is why AI companies have seen wider adoption in Europe and Asia compared to the U.S., because on fee-for-service, it can be particularly challenging. In summary, the path to adoption of radiology AI is complex, but must be viewed through a realistic lens that considers the economic truths of the healthcare system. And I think that's very important. So now, liability is an issue. Who's going to pay for things? That's an issue. And then we have to go back to a more important thing. What do patients think about AI and medicine? And this was published in JAMA. And again, applications of AI have been around for a bit. And what they did is they wanted to look at public perception. And the result was that comfort with AI varied by clinical application. For example, 12% of respondents were very comfortable and 42 were somewhat comfortable with AI reading chest radiographs, but only 6 were comfortable with AI making decisions about cancer. So again, patients are going to have issues. Most respondents had positive views about AI ability to improve care, but had concerns about its potential for misdiagnosis, privacy breaches, reducing time with clinicians, and increasing costs. Respondents were more comfortable with AI in specific clinical settings, and most wanted to know when AI was used in their care. So again, patients are going to have concerns, and you can see from that article some of the charts, the concerns people had. And you can see that depending on the application, like when it comes to cancer, they don't want a computer involved. And most of the stuff AI is doing relates to cancer. Most people do think AI in the long run will make healthcare somewhat better, but they are afraid of what it's going to do. When you look at physicians and you look at healthcare organizations, you can see that there is growing use of AI both in the US and worldwide. So it is coming along, and you can see clinical data, population health operations. So when you speak about AI, it's not just reading a CT or a chest x-ray. It's many different parts of medicine. And the parts of medicine, particularly looking at uh, you know, how you deal with data, recall rates, making, making appointments, all of that AI can handle very well without any real risk. And that's where things are going very early. Inpatient care, specialty care, you can see again, uh, there is some work going on at many institutions and it ranges from primary care to radiology to dermatology. 
But again, what people define as service lines using AI becomes uh, somewhat uh, different. I think um, for radiologists, we think about AI as not scheduling patients. We think about AI as reading the scan. And that is being used in very, very small areas. Uh, in general, how much patient health been improved by AI initiatives. And you could see it's kind of somewhere between I don't know, not really, and a little bit better. So it's still very early in the game, but I think people are somewhat confident that in the long run, it's going to have an impact. And then the physician, are we ready for AI? I think one of the things is, uh, while AI has been critiqued at due to its hype cycle over time, it's likely that every medical specialty will be influenced. So how do we get people involved? How do we make physicians trust AI? Also, we've had many things in the past. Think about you know uh, the uh, epics of the world. That should be perfect, helping us do things well. But for many ways, it's been a curse for all of us. It's important equipping clinicians with the skills, resources, and support necessary to use AI-based technologies. That's going to be critical. But to do so, clinicians need to have a realistic understanding of the potential uses and limitations of medical AI. So again, involving physicians becomes critical because clinicians will bear much of the responsibility to successfully broker the triadic relationship between patients, the computer, and themselves. Clinicians will need to explain the role that AI has in their reasoning and recommendations. It's going to have to change how we do something. And again, this whole idea by James, rather than being replaced by AI, these new technologies will create new roles and responsibility for clinicians, but clinicians need to be careful and need to feel comfortable in these new roles. Otherwise, they're going to be giving mixed messages, and that's going to be challenging for our patients. I observe that the expectations from AI and radiologists are fundamentally different. The expectations of AI are based on a strong and justified mistrust about the way AI makes decisions. Because AI decisions are now well understood, it's difficult to know how the algorithms will behave in new, unexpected situations. Despite poor ability to explain decision-making process in humans, we accept explanations of decisions given by other humans. So in some ways, um, this article by Mazeroski makes the point that people actually expect more from a computer than from the radiologist. Again, I think we need to be somewhat realistic about trust and mistrust. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. And if the computer is really good but is not always right, you can't point to those errors. And again, the key is going to be integration of the computer and the radiologist. All of these things, liability, patient comfort, physician comfort, how good the programs are, how do you decide when it's ready for your practice? And how do you get your staff ready? And I think it's very important, even if you're not going to get heavily involved in AI for three to five years, you need to be thinking about it now. Again, we don't want the EHR uh, fiasco again, which has led to significant burnout amongst physicians. We need to make certain that AI is effective when it enhances physicians' ability to focus their full attention on the patient by shifting physicians' responsibilities away from transactional tasks to personalized care that lies at the heart of healing. That's what we need. 
But if you're sitting in the office playing with a computer even more than you do now, I don't think that's going to be helpful. Uh, we looked at this, um, Steve Rowe, Philip Sierra, and myself, and again, one of the concerns we have is, what's the future of radiology in this practice? Will radiologists be replaced? Will we be integrated? What's going to be the real impact? Well, I think radiology needs to embrace AI, and it's going to take a while to get used to it, but it's a potential opportunity for us to be consultants. Now, I think what you really have to think about, if AI is not that good, that's easy for the radiologist. But what happens if AI becomes as good or better than a radiologist? You notice some of the articles published say they're as good as an expert radiologist on a specific topic. Well, what if it's good on every topic? Would that be the moment that the people who compete with us, like cardiology, ER docs, and orthopedic surgeons, decide there's no need for radiologists as they'll be able to read imaging exams as accurate with the help of AI? If radiologists are sitting home or remote, it'd be hard to argue with the clinicians. If AI is so good, they should be the ones using AI at the point of care. And their argument will work very well in their favor. I think for radiologists, we need to be engaged with the referring docs. We need to understand AI. We need to really learn and to be the leaders in the adoption of AI. We need to be the gatekeepers and really understand the process, whether it's bringing AI to multidisciplinary conferences. Someone said a long time ago in football, the best defense is a strong offense. We need to be at the front line. I think the danger is we don't know the final answer, but we can't sit back and wait. We need to be engaged in the process. And this article by Rowe makes that point very well. Uh, Future Directions on Artificial Intelligence, Elliot Siegel, the status of AI in medical imaging in the next 10 years will depend on regulatory policy, reimbursement models, success in the incorporation of AI into workflow, development and adoption of standards versus platforms, and the level of success in generalizing deep learning algorithms to different machines, geographies, and diverse patient populations. That says it all. There are so many things that need to happen but we do believe they can happen. It's going to be a challenge, but early detection of cancer, AI should be ideal for that. And particularly with things like liquid biopsy coming along, the combination of things like liquid biopsy and AI with imaging should be incredible. Again, the future of early detection is the combination of imaging as well as new technologies. I think one of the important things for radiology to understand is we need to, we're going to be part of a process. We're not going to be the only part of the process, whether it's screening, we're looking at risk stratification, but whether it's continuous monitoring, think of Apple Watches and the like. Everything is changing. The question is how we manage the change and how we, we work through the changes will be very critical. So what's the bottom line? Okay, what's the bottom line? Machine learning. Maybe Obermeyer's right. Machine learning will displace much of the work of radiologists and pathologists. Massive imaging data sets will drive rapid improvement in performance. Indeed, radiology is already part way there. Algorithms can replace a second radiologist reading mammograms and will soon exceed human accuracy. Or Jeffrey Hinton, who's one of the, the uh, people who discovered AI, 
I think if you work as a radiologist, you're like Wile E. Coyote in the cartoon. You're already over the edge of the cliff, but you haven't yet looked down. There's no ground underneath. It's obvious that in five years, deep learning is going to do better than radiologists. Maybe it's 10 years. Um, now, of course, this was said about four years ago. Jeffrey Hinton's a very smart guy, but I don't think he's going to be right. Again, we need to really look at applications. We need to look at patient care, whether it's in the ER setting, which is probably one of the earliest areas where you're going to see change, and you're seeing change already. Again, we need to understand the implementation and how it changes practice. The needs to be based on a reasonable mistrust toward the algorithm, but it should not be based on an unjustified trust toward our own human ability to perceive and make decisions that we place in our fellow human beings. So again, radiologists are not perfect, clinicians are not perfect, and AI is not going to be perfect. The key is we need to put the two of them together and do the best patient care process possible. And again, it's more than hype. We really need to figure out how the process is going to work. And we know that it's going to take a lot of training and speaking to patients. How well AI models will accommodate ethical requirements related to informed consent, privacy, and patient access are things that need to be understood. And again, this change is not just in radiology. Uh, this is in gastroenterology, hepatology, and pancreatology in this article in Diagnostics. And again, the question is, it's going to benefit everyone, but how is this process going to come about? I think that's really, that's really the big question. What the introduction of AI algorithms might do, providing that data management and safety regulations are in place, is to reduce the cost and time needed to diagnose disease. That is really our goal, and that's what we hope for, but how we make that happen is going to be a question. And I've left you with a bunch of questions. I know it's going to be a challenge, but I think we need to think about these questions now, even before AI is perfect. We don't want to have AI being really good and then first looking at the problems, which will delay implementation. As Don Rumsfeld said, as we know, there are the known knowns, the things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know that there are some things we do not know. And we do know that in AI. There's a lot of things we don't know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. And I think in AI, there are a lot of unknown unknowns. How things progress, how things evolve, how the government's decisions will impact, how liability will impact. All of these things we can speculate about, but it's hard to really predict. But... I think what's exciting is, I think AI is coming along. I think we're going to have to change. We're going to have to learn. It may be a little bit of a bumpy ride, but I think it's a ride we're all going to enjoy. And with that, have a great day. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.